0: on, FA Nation. Welcome back. Two weeks off, but we are here. Uh, I'm Dan Malin. I'm joined by Matt Sells. And uh, as is the case after any Ryan Blaney win, Ed Rous is also here. Uh, but we are talking one of the best rest day race days. Sorry, race days of the year uh, for NASCAR, IndyCar, Formula One. We got Monaco. We have the Indy 500. We have the Coca-Cola 600, which we'll mostly focus on in this podcast. It's one of the biggest race days of the year. So obviously. It's it's good to have a full house in attendance for this podcast, gentlemen. How we doing?
1: I'm good. Uh, I'm sure Rouse is doing better since his guy got on the books, though not in a points-paying race. Um, <laughs> but just as a matter of clarification, he was supposed to be on the Kansas pod. Schedule didn't work, so we bumped it to this one. It just so happens his boy got a win in between. So you feeling pretty pretty good there, Rouse?
2: I'm so happy. Took home Texas. He's going to the playoffs. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. It doesn't matter. Nope. He finally wins, and it doesn't matter. Hey, but at least he has a million dollars to him and his crew's name and uh, his beautiful g- g- girlfriend, who they really showed off nicely uh, during the All-Star race, if you didn't notice. Um, but, I mean, I yeah. Forget, I forget. Is Blaney married to Byron's sister, or is Byron married to Blaney's No, they're not married, but Byron is dating Blaney's sister. Yes um it would be funny if plenty was diddy by her sister too though that would be kind of interesting but no weird. yeah the five six degrees of ryan Blaney, i guess but um <laughs> <laughs> no like it was a good win i, I was excited you know it was a uh, late night on a s- sunday i smoked some queso i was uh, a couple beers deep and i really enjoyed uh enjoyed the race up until uh, the end where i almost threw the tv out the window after they had to go to a restart after uh The stupid caution and um, that he won and I was excited until I realized it doesn't matter and I don't see any of that million dollars but you know if he wants to donate to the uh, Fresno chapter of the Ryan Blaney fan club he he, (laughs) he, you know I'm there so Matt
0: uh. do you think that it was justified that one or do you think that the the late caution made any sense or two do you think that it was possibly fixed that NASCAR did what they could to make sure Ryan Blaney got the win there
1: um so, I think that NASCAR was was bailed out by the fact that Blaney did actually hold on to win. Because if somebody else had, had won after the caution, there would have been riots. In the, I mean, he was 100 feet from the finish line and was, like, yarding people. He was the best car most of the night that at least survived. I mean, it was a terrible night for DFS. The chalkiest three drivers wrecked out pretty early. Which is, by the way, why I told people I wasn't going to cover it for DFS. Um, it it the format was terrible. The race was terrible. The atmosphere was terrible. The fake cautions by NASCAR was terrible. There's a reason why the race ranked dead last. in Jeff Glucks wasn't a good poll oh, a it a good was race. Brutal. Poll.
2: I want but to go back to Bristol with the neon lights. That was awesome. Eleven
1: percent of people.
2: These are cars. Said it
1: was a good race. I don't I know was... why. <laughs> It should have been zero.
0: Actually, Jeff actually combed through and he was looking for people that uh, like admitted to saying yes. And there were a couple people that said, like, I accidentally said yes. There was one guy that said I was drunk and I didn't mean to say yes.
2: (laughs) I said yes because Ryan Blady won. Maybe they were all Ryan Blady fans. Oh, you're that one guy. Maybe.
0: Maybe. One guy out of ten.
1: But, yeah, that was was a disaster from start to finish um glad everybody's okay from that gnarly wreck between kyle bush and chastain and chase elliott um but yeah now we get another intermediate track for 400 laps around Ooh. charlotte motor speedway and god help Goodyear if the tires don't last because that's you don't want your only race on actual fox in prime time to be marred by just a whole boatload of tire failures.
0: But- well, before we take a giant uh, preliminary dump on the whole race, <laughs> let's at least celebrate like how awesome of a day it is for motorsports right, for fans. On That's Sunday. true. Like we get three of the biggest races of the year on the same day. Like you should be, if you're a motorsports fan, you should be doing nothing else than just like settling in bright and early napping between races, you know, tap the keg a little early, you know, get that, get that brunch with some mimosas after the Monaco race. It's a huge day uh, for racing on Sunday. Biggest it day, is. in my opinion. It's one state in my opinion.
1: Thanks to F1 for actually putting Monaco on this weekend this year, because they didn't last year, and it sucked that we did not get the triple header. Um, so, yeah, F1 Monaco Grand Prix at, I believe, 9 a.m. Eastern. On uh, Sunday morning. Then for lunch, we get the Indy 500, which I believe starts about 1245 Eastern. Um, maybe 145 Eastern, something like that, on NBC. And then for the nightcap, so to speak, we get the Coke 600 from Charlotte. So we get, it's like 1,300 miles of racing on Sunday. Um, now. You can recover on Monday. Like this I is will say. Not- that if you want to bet the F1 race at Monaco, bet it before Saturday's qualifying. Because once the pole is set for Monaco, you're not going to get anywhere close to good odds
0: on the pole sitter. What are the odds on Leclerc and Verstappen as of right now?
1: Um, well, I wrote, I was looking at the odds earlier this week on the DK Sportsbook because I wrote the preview thing a couple of days ago. I'm checking it
0: right now here. On. Like, Monaco is such a tight, like, yeah, or like road circuit. So, Leclerc like, is
1: minus 105 right now. Jeez. Verstappen is plus 110. He's 6 to 5. So, what is that, plus 110? Um, And then Hamilton yeah, that's and that's Russell better. and signs are 20 to 1.
0: So, i we'll take a. Like five bucks on either of those two, like either of the Mercedes.
1: Yeah. So let's also not forget. By the <clears> way, this is uh, Leclerc's home home race. He's from Monaco. He grew up in Monaco. He was on. He won the pole last year, and his car never made it to the start line because his engine died before he even got out of the garage, um, which absolutely sucked for him. Uh, much like the Spanish Grand Prix when his engine died 20 laps into the race, when the race basically won. So if you want good odds, and yeah, I know it's minus 105, but that's if he's on pole, you ain't going to see anywhere close to minus 105 on Saturday. That's that's not happening. Um, so I would take a stab at a Mercedes, possibly George Russell, although Hamilton had more speed than Russell did uh last weekend so as
0: mercedes basically caught up to do you think they've caught up to red bull and- yes
1: they have figured out how to stop the porpoising from happening okay which if you watched the spanish grand prix last week uh lewis hamilton had he not got into it with uh, kevin magnuson in like turn you four of the first won. class he would he probably would have man that <clears throat> car was
0: fast it was fast dropped all the way to like 20th and somehow 20th worked 20th up and then got all the
1: way back up to 4th. Yeah, without any safety cars. That thing went green the entire time.
0: And he wanted to quit. He wanted to retire the car uh-huh. just to save the engine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the um, team said, "No, we think we can get a P8 finish out of this." And like they went out and finished 4th. Yeah, it was it was nuts. It was so, a great run. Like b- overall boring race, but phenomenal run from Hamilton. That was
1: actually a better race than you normally get at the mm-hmm. Spanish GP. Usually that that track is not like you thought the pole sitter had a great shot at Monaco? Pole sitter has a better shot at the Spanish GP. Yeah. So, um, but I will have content out. I'll have betting pieces out on Pixwise on Friday. Uh, for both the Coke six hundred and the Monaco Grand Prix. And guess what? An all-day parlay piece is coming too. How you can par- parlay all three races together. And I made some interesting parlays on the uh on the dk sports book earlier this this week where i could turn like a hundred bucks into two and a half million dollars if uh three winners won so that's what we got to look forward to on sunday all
0: right so let's turn our attention to the nascar cup series race fresh off the all-star break last weekend um I don't know. DFS wise, I think I, I like to think I had a really good week with Texas. Uh, I finished 12th in the $12 single entry for the truck series. So that kind of like bankrolled me for the rest of the weekend. Uh, lost 15 in the Xfinity series race. That was an absolute mess. Holy crap. What a terrible race that was. I was thankful to only lose 15 bucks in that. Somehow broke even in the all-star race. I only played three lineups, but holy crap, I cannot get over how bad the xfinity race was
1: yeah i didn't actually watch it i was uh busy doing some some other work <clears throat> stuff and family time but like twitter feed was going nuts for the for that race just like every five minutes was like when you couldn't think it could get worse it did <laughs> i was like this can we kick texas off the schedule already
0: yeah no, i like, hate that question. i don't get how it has like it gets two weekends every year in the schedule. It doesn't. It it can get one in the regular season, but do not give this track a playoff race. Well,
1: in fairness to the uh, Cup Series, they gave one of those dates to Coda, which is why the All Star race is at Texas because that was the the deal they struck was hey we kind of still want two dates so we'll give you the throwaway All Star
0: race. But why it produces such terrible like you can't pass. You nope. can't pass the leader. At all? Nope. It's. I've, I've actually
1: been to a race there, and it's terrible in person too. It's not even. It's not even a good atmosphere in person, which bums me out because you don't say that about a lot of tracks. But Texas is,
0: yeah. Uh, uh, the Xfinity Series race, according to RacingReference.com, uh, was a 167-lap race. 62 laps were run under yellow. Jesus. <laughs> that's what 40% almost <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that's not good <laughs> no it was terrible um but let's turn our attention to charlotte we have to talk about uh, i don't know there's not much to talk about with overall track configuration this is one of those cookie cutter intermediates but it's 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 a lot of laps we're getting uh some tire combinations that we're a little concerned about ed we will get to you shortly In regards to your favorite player, your drivers for this weekend's race. But Matt, break down overall just the tire combination for this weekend and what we should be looking for in terms of previous track success on this tire combination or what we should just expect overall in terms of tires absolutely sucking at Charlotte for 400 laps.
1: Yeah, so I posted a screenshot in the NASCAR Discord channel earlier today, being Wednesday um of Jayski, so Jayski every week has goodyear tire notes up on their site for each race and they will tell you what the tire combinations are what the tire code is uh what goodyear's thoughts on the tires are and what previous tracks they've used either this combination of tires or like left or right side tires so this exact combination of tires for charlotte was previously used at darlington a few races ago but the right side tires have also been used at auto club vegas uh kansas and texas along with darlington so those are all tracks we've seen tire issues right some of them were because of the high tire wear in like darlington and auto club but some of them were because of the heat buildup, like at vegas and kansas and texas um so that's concerning i'm just going to put that out there it is concerning we've had this history of tire issues with goodyear this year i don't know that there's any fix in sight. I think it has to do with the fact that the eighteen inch tire is thinner and teams keep trying to cheat it by lowering the PSI and then damaging the tire early in the run so it gives out later and they don't know. Um but that is a concern. And in a race this long, I mean there's no real way to predict if it's gonna happen, when it's gonna happen, who it's gonna happen to. So you just kinda kinda grin and bear it this week, but it is it it is a concern.
0: Uh, now in terms of the track, uh, you and I, when we've previewed this particular race in the past, um, Charlotte's on the schedule twice every year. However, uh, this particular race is a one and a half mile track. It is 400 laps. It is truly a war of attrition. Uh, I feel like last year when we did this podcast and the year before when we did the podcast, We've expressed concerns about rookie drivers and lack of experience, it, and it's not so much the track. It's just the actual – it's the longest race of the year. Like, we talk about how Daytona 500 is the biggest race of the year because it kicks off the schedule. It's Daytona. It's the most recognizable NASCAR race. But this is the longest one. It's 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 four stages instead of three. It's 600 miles. It's 400 laps. It's a mile-and-a-half track, and you're getting about as many laps as we had at Mortonsville earlier this year but that was a half mile track for only 200 miles, you know? So do you, are you okay targeting, targeting rookies like Austin Sindrick, Harrison Burton, maybe Todd Gilliland, or is this a track where you don't think that they can hold up as well as the veterans or do we throw that concept out the window because we just don't know what happens with the tires? Uh, How long is the Xfinity race here
1: on Saturday?
0: I actually don't quite know yet. Uh, Give me a minute. 200 laps. That would make it 300 miles. Uh, Paco. It is 200 laps. Yep. Right.
1: So you're going from Xfinity Series, where it's a 200-lap race.
0: You're doubling it.
1: And you're doubling it. And the cup cars have more force and more, you know takes a lot you know, more skill to drive those in a different configuration. So I would be leery of, of the rookies. I'm not going to completely avoid a guy like Austin Sendrick, Um simply because his racing experience trumps most of the other rookies. Look, he looked pretty good last week too. I would I be a little stuff. leery of Todd Gilliland because he made the jump from truck series. Okay. Um, that's just my opinion. You can sprinkle them into GPPs, but that's typically the way that I – Go about those races. I'm going to avoid the. And for for all you can, please avoid the guys in the crappy cars. This equipment's going to break. Like, do not play a Rick Ware car, please. (laughs) 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 Like, like, just don't.
0: Cody Ware is so cheap. There's
1: a reason they're cheap. (laughs)
0: Yeah, man. At Daytona, we thought it was Cody Ware season. Yeah, I mean.
1: (laughs) And in fairness to Cody, he still outscored Denny Hamlin half the times they've been on the track. So, I don't mean to to crap on Cody. Burn. Um, but I mean it's it's true, right? He's averaging 19 and a half DK points. Denny Hamlin is. I don't
0: know, man. Todd Gilliland is only 5K. Yeah. You really gonna talk me into this now? I can't believe we're leading off the player pool with Todd Gilliland, but
2: he's (laughs) only five grand.
0: Is this really what's going to happen right now? Is We're going
1: to...
2: We're
1: <laughs> oh, okay. like 100,
2: 100 more than LaJoy.
1: I mean, the good year 400 was, what, Darlington? He ran... He moved up 12 spots, but that was kind of like a war of attrition-type race. Um...
0: So, so, all right. Are really How about I pitch him to you this way? Because... There are 400 laps, which yes. means there are going to be over 250 dominator points available. If you can go to one of these guys in the cheap seats and just yes. hope that they finish the race while also accumulating the necessary dominator points, in which we should see, hopefully, two to three dominators. Probably. Like this is this feels like one of those races where you almost need to pay down to one of these cheapies just because you need to get as many dominators points as possible by paying up. That's my pitch on a Todd Gilliland, a Corey LeDoux. LaJoy- <laughs>
1: really gonna tell me? That, watch this. Come Saturday night, his his ass is gonna be in the playbook because <laughs> look, the math works,
0: right? I'm not
1: gonna deny that the math doesn't work. I'm a numbers
0: guy. There's a bunch of dominators available and you need to be able to like squeeze every dominator lap. Look at Kansas,
1: Gilliland started thirty first and finished twenty fifth, which was good for twenty three points, but at forty nine hundred dollars that's basically I'm not even, even looking X. for like
0: five X value out of him though.
1: If if he just gets me twenty points. Which I he's can done say- in every race, look at that including right the All Star Open for like the last five races. Actually, last six. He got 32 at the dirt race. you only put up 32, 20, 20, 41, 23, and 42 at the All-Star Open, which we don't really want to count because it was the
0: Open, and he There's finished There's some consistency six. here. And, of course, like, <laughs> where he qualifies and everything, that could that could dictate everything. We're recording this podcast before they get on the track for practice. Qualifying, right? Like Martinsville, he qualified tenth and finished thirtieth. Well, that's yeah. When Todd Gilliland is right. starting tenth, nobody is playing. <laughs> nobody.
2: Well, a great, not even his like, mom would play him in DFS at that point.
0: No, and I'm sure she adores her little man.
2: <laughs> I mean,
1: yeah, at Auto Club, started 26, finished twentieth.
2: I'm I'm looking oh. at these five hundreds he's done. Thirty-eight points in, at the Rough Mortgage 500. Uh, Daytona doesn't really count, right? Yeah, um, the, uh, Geico 500 really won't count either because twenty, 20 points, twenty points, yeah. Yeah,
1: the folds of honor quick trip. But on that's my point. Way. Is like I'm
0: not really looking for him to like hit five x value with twenty-five points. If he gets four x, yeah. If he gets twenty points, I'm happy because initially, just by throwing him into my driver pool, like. That gives me $45,000, 9000 per driver to spend on the other five guys that I can fit into my build. Yeah. Okay.
2: He's going to be in and a playbook. You,
0: and if you somehow can, <laughs> and if, look, I'm like, I'm not going to shy away. It's from It's going me. in as
1: the mail-in special, so if he sucks, I don't
0: the care. The mail-in special. Mm-hmm. I love it. I can't believe we let off with the dumpster. <laughs> it
1: feels dirty, doesn't
0: it? It feels it does, dirty like a it's dumpster. Like he, When you have this many... like On a road course, I don't think I would go here. I would try to go for a more balanced and PD approach, obviously, because there's fewer laps. But it's like, when we have, on a mile and a half, when we have this many Dominator points available and we know tires are going to play an issue, it's like, there's one of these drivers that's 5K or below is going to hit immense value. Simply by just finishing ahead of guys that blow a tire... Crush lineups, that's true, yeah, like it's gonna happen. That's that's true. All right, let's scroll back up (laughs) to the top (laughs) of the DraftKings list. Uh, all right, so this race a year ago essentially kicked off a phenomenal summer run from Kyle Larson. Yeah, he's Uh, the
1: defending champ at the next three tracks we're going to.
0: Yeah, uh, pretty much it was the summer of Larson 2021 was basically the year of Kyle Larson. Dominated it. He's obviously the cup champion for a reason. Uh, he's 11,300. Basically, any price tag that you're seeing among the top guys on DraftKings or even FanDuel, uh, if as long as they're running out front and they're getting the laps led, they'll be well worth the price tag. You can make an argument for almost anybody, but is Kyle Larson pretty much the favorite? Um, the car looked, I don't know, it looked pretty good at Texas, I want to say. Um, but, I mean, we haven't seen Larson really dominate like we did last year. Uh, yeah, that's that's my problem with this price point, right, is you have to be assured that he's going to dominate.
1: Are we? I, I don't know. Even in the weekends where he's shown speed at practice, he comes out and either DNFs or blows an engine or has some bad luck or finishes
0: worse than he should have. Well, here here is what I think is the ultimate problem is. is like I think the car has been better in short runs. Because if you look at his draftings profile and what he's doing in the races, he's leading about 20 to 30 laps almost every race. He's getting fastest laps as well, maybe between 10 and 20. And if he's finishing in the top 10, he's still returning a respectable score. but as the most expensive driver in the field, he's just not dominating and truly breaking the slate. I mean, we haven't we've seen him score more than 70 points just once and 60 points twice. And when you're paying 11,000 or even anything over 10,000, you're looking for a lot of dominator points and a win. He has one win in a race where he wasn't the best car. Right, he was the fifth best car in at Auto Club, yeah. Which you can arguably say for almost any race this year, but he's he's qualifying well when no one else is on the track with him. And he's finishing okay when he does finish. It's just he's not really crushing it and really giving us the dominator points that we're trying to pay up for.
2: Yeah.
1: What's what's your thought on paying up for Larson this
2: week there, Russ? Uh, yeah, I kind of agree with uh, Dan on this one. I mean, for that price, like, you could get... I hate to bring in Gillian again, but you could put him in and, and get, like, a lot of these maybe four or five of these 9000 to $10,000 guys in there and have a really solid lineup. And Larson, like, I think he's a good GPP play. You want to have him, obviously, in some GPP lineups. But but for Cash, I may kind of stay away from him just because the consistency hasn't been there this year like it has been last year. And I'm not too fond of it, to be honest. And plus, that, that whole team it is kind of like, which one of that racers from that team is going to be the one this time? It's not just him. It's the whole team kind of is... Um, jumping out so I don't know I'm kind of staying away from him this week that's true
1: I will say that in the last out of the last five Charlotte races not including the Rovals just the Oval races Larson's run three of them he's finished 7th 33rd and 1st consistent so (laughs) (laughs)
0: like
1: now in the one that he won he led like 300 and something laps
0: was that last year
1: I think so. So, his average lap lead is 109, but that's because if you take 320-something divide by three, you're going to get 109. He didn't lead any in the other ones. So, you know, that's kind of going to what
0: we're saying.
2: He just hasn't looked the same this year, all year, no. so far. I, I, at all. All
0: right. On the opposite end of the spectrum, we have another Kyle, Kyle Busch. Whereas Larson is getting a few Dominator points, and still finishing okay. It feels like Kyle Busch can still go out and get a bunch of Dominator points, but it's just we don't know where he finishes, whether that's due to tire failure, a wreck, his pit crew not necessarily being there to help him. General poutiness. (laughs) Yes. Basically, Kyle will complain about his car if he's not in first. Yep. Um, But, you know, so and he's 11,100, which i think is, is kind of tough to swallow with Kyle this week and i'm a Kyle Busch stan, i'm fine with that
1: this week. Are you you're okay paying up for it in the last 5 races at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Kyle Busch has 1 3 5 29 and 3. Those are his finishes. The 29th, he had a he got caught for speeding late in the race when he was running 4th. He is the only one to finish in the top five aside from Hendrick last year in this race. He's been very good at mile. And a, I mean, remember back to Vegas. He almost won at, at Vegas. Should have. And then the the late caution came out and their pit strategy didn't work. I'm fine paying up for Kyle Busch this week.
2: I think if you're going to pay for one of the Kyles, he's the one I would pay up for, too over over Larson I
0: almost have to agree with you only because I know that there's the narrative there for Kyle Larson with you know this is what was really where he kicked his season into high gear last year but if you compare 2021 and 2022 there were more signs in 2021 that Kyle Larson was due for a massive run than in 2022 like he was he was consistently running well he had a very fast car, and and he was significantly underpriced. But this year, it's just like I, I believe that the, the next-gen car has leveled the field a little bit. I don't have as much confidence in the car. I still have a ton of confidence in him. He's a fantastic driver. He's, he's arguably the best in the field. But this new car is paving the way for lower-priced drivers to really like kind of make their run – and I don't know if I necessarily want to be overweight on Kyle Larson this week. And I can almost say the same for Kyle Busch, but it's also, we're getting three Joe Gibbs racing cars in the top five pricing on DK. Uh, Bush, Hamlin, and MTJ are all over two, 10200 uh, MTJ has talked about how much he loves this race, how he's won at this track. Uh, well, yeah, he also led the most amount of miles and laps in any race ever. Yeah, as soon as you log on to driveraverages.com, you'll see that you know since February 2019, Martin Truex Jr. has led 14.4% of the laps in the Coca-Cola 600. Well, so it's like that happened in
1: one race when he led 396 of 400 laps. <laughs> that's a lot. Or 392. 392. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point. There's three Joe Gibbs drivers that high. The one I'm most confident in right now is Kyle Bush. I'm not even sure that's a hot take at this point. No, <laughs> it probably
0: isn't. And I'm probably inclined to agree with you just because, like, you know, th- there's still the stigma with Denny. And I know he finished second last week and he was a little bitter. And he a probably little. says, like, a little. Yeah, he's very bitter because he, he knows that He have black flagged he, him. He knows NASCAR did Blaney a favor in the all-star race. Uh, He finished fourth. uh, Where were they at before Texas? What was it? Uh, Kansas. Kansas, yeah. Had a good run at Kansas. I was very heavy on him for Kansas. I expected a lot more than 58 points, but I feel like that was one of those races where he had to, like, constantly, like, dig himself out of a hole.
1: Well, he also started from the
0: back that we didn't, like, he qualified 18th, but had to start in the rear because they changed something in the car or whatever. Um, But overall, it does feel like Joe Gibbs is is at that point where they are figuring this car out. Now, the results haven't necessarily been there and the tire issue will continue to come into play. But I know we probably have the most faith in Kyle Busch, but I also do want to make sure that I'm probably a little overweight on Denny Hamlin. That's just me.
1: He would probably be second on that on that list, right? I
0: know MTJ's got a good
1: history here. I still don't trust that him and his crew chief and his pit crew have anything figured out just yet. Um,
2: the Bearded Bassmaster? Come on.
1: I mean, I'd put Christopher Bell over MTJ at this point.
2: Wait, what? I, I agree. I like Christopher Bell this week a lot.
0: Uh, are we just talking about, like, all right, is this... <laughs> Is this accounting for the price point or just like you you like Bell over MTJ in general?
1: Well, the price point certainly doesn't hurt. Yeah, it helps. (laughs) So DK is counting all 16 races so far this year, which includes like the Clash and the Duels and whatever. They're giving uh, Bell credit for 10 top 10s in those 16 races. If you take out the All-Star race as one, and you take out the clash and the duels, you take away three races and three top tens, which puts him at 13 races and seven top tens. Mm-hmm. What I can't disagree with what he's been showing. Only
2: 80, he's only 8,400, too. He's
1: 8,400 bucks. At Kansas, he put <laughs> up 22 fastest laps and led 37 laps.
0: I mean, I get it. And I was heavy on him at Kansas. And
1: Darlington, he had a good run, too.
2: <sighs> He's having a hard time. With it. <laughs> yeah, Dan's having a if real time. You can only see his pouty face right and, now.
0: <laughs> and you know what? Like The hard part about this is that in terms of like extro- ex- exposure per race, I've probably had more shares of Bell this year than I have of MTJ. But, yeah, i also, but it's also the weeks. It's also the weeks when I've been overweight, really overweight. On Bell, he goes out and he just doesn't live up to that mid-range price tier where I think he breaks the slate as an underowned option. I mean, he's been okay.
1: Okay, so MTJ has a, four a, scoring weeks over fifty-five points. Not winning this argument. See Bell. <laughs>
0: C-Bell's got... No, the only thing I had going in my favor is that, like, in terms of, like, just gut reads, I'm probably trusting MTJ more. um, I mean, MTJ's got four... He's got twice as many high-scoring weeks
1: as Bell. But, consistency over the last five, four or five races, I would take C-Bell over MTJ.
0: I mean... But that's, like, the all-star race, which was kind of... Dumb. Okay, I mean, I Kansas, agree. He Kansas. He had a solid run at Kansas. He was eighty four hundred. He put. He up had that. a
1: solid run at Darlington. So he's got those two. If we go back to Auto Club, he had a tire. Like, didn't see if I have a tire go down. He was running better than the thirty six place finish. Like, he wrecked out of that one, which yeah is he a concern. I
0: don't really care what happened at Auto Club. That was three months ago.
1: I'm just saying they're running the same. Time, no, I, I, so. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. But like,
0: and look, even this week, given the price tag on Bell, he's 8,400. I'm probably going to end up on more Bell than Truex, just because Bell's probably going to qualify in the mid-teens, and once again, he's going to be that driver that comes in with about 15 to 17 percent ownership, and he's he's going to be under-owned and. If he finishes top five with a couple dominator points, yeah, he's he's probably in the optimal lineup. Yeah, I I but, look at this argument in terms of like, you know, who's the better value based on their DK price tag. But if it was just no hold barred and I was betting like MTJ versus Bell straight up, I'm probably going to take MTJ. I'm just curious what DK Sportsbook has
1: these guys at is. So they have MTJ at ten to one. He is the second.
0: They give him a ten percent chance to win this
1: race. He is Kyle Busch and Kyle Larson are the two favorites at eleven to two, which is plus six fifty. Then, or sorry, plus five fifty. Then Chase Elliott at six to one, plus six hundred. Then Truex at ten to one. Byron, Blaney, Hamlin are twelve to one. Reddick, Chastain, Bowman. Are 14 to 1. Kurt 16 to 1, Logano, 18 to 1, and Seabell at 25 to 1. Ooh. So Vegas is telling you that they trust MTJ more than Denny Hamlin.
2: Uh, I don't know. <laughs> My initial lineup has them both in it. MTJ, How do you have a lineup? We don't even know where they're starting. <laughs> I have an initial lineup based on salary that I do. Come on, I'm I'm prepared. I've won a lot of money so far can this we, Can
0: lineup. we can can you give us the lineup?
2: Or <laughs> sure. at least I'm, give us your core? Yeah. Todd Gillian. Oh, good. <laughs> Ryan Blaney, no surprise there at ninety one hundred. Uh, MTJ, Christopher Bell, Chase Elliott at 107. <laughs> And Brad Keselowski, going, go, I'm going with the... Uh, oh, my God. The I'm price of Brad Keselowski. Ex- Matt, we experience. talk about this every the week. The experience it continues to drop. It's so low. <laughs> six, six, six. He's in the sixth car
1: at $6,600. bucks. there has got to be a sign of the devil's
0: coming, right? Like Matt, we've talked about this, and you've made fun of me every week, and I will continue to play him. As Dude, the Kansas, he had a good oh week. How can we do
2: dis- I mean, <laughs> when I saw 6,600, he was actually the first one I put in, and then you guys sold me on Gillian, actually over Corey LaJoy. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> this
1: is stupid.
0: This is a podcast with a lot of size. The sad part with Brad Gazlowski is that
2: he's still probably going to come in at like 12% owned. Yeah, <laughs> yet he's like really experienced, he's won the, the cup. You know, Chip, Chip, His car does suck. But I mean, terrible. if, I mean, it, uh, it's
0: a, it's what if this is, this is going to be one of those Brad Kislaski weeks where he probably goes out and he qualifies like P19. Okay.
1: This is going in the playbook as the Ralph special. And I'm just saying. And he's going to qualify P19,
0: and he's <laughs> going to somehow in the first stage work his way up to like P8. And yep. everybody that has, that's overweight on Kislaski is like, yeah. Brad Kozlowski, sixty six hundred. Then he's gonna a, spin on the. And pit then road. he's gonna do something to screw it up, and he's gonna finish with about three x value. And then I'm gonna be like, you know what? I'll probably jump on the discount next week too. That
2: sounds I mean, about right, a,
1: actually. He's eight hundred dollars less than he was at Kansas.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, he put up
1: forty five points at Kansas.
2: That's a that that's a good <laughs> price. That's a good price there. Like, I what like are it.
1: We doing? He's gone from at Talladega, he was eighty nine hundred, then seventy seven, seventy-nine, seventy-four, sixty-eight for the all-star race, and then he dropped again. Sixty-six.
2: So if you put him and Gillian in your lineups, you could have a fantastic lineup after that. Like you could put in Yeah a lot Chastain with Bush and Bowman. Two
1: pieces of crap should get you some pretty nice stuff.
0: Yeah. Like Kizlowski and Gilliland gives you ninety six hundred per driver for your remaining four drivers. So ninety six hundred puts you at Tyler Reddick. I mean, so if you play Kislaski, Gilliland, Bell, you have ten thousand dollars per driver for the remaining three.
2: That equals Blaney, Truex, and, and Elliot, in my, in my.
0: You can go him. Blaney, Reddick, and pretty much anyone else you want. Byron, Byron, Larson, Kyle,
1: By the way, Elliott. I'm. A big fan of Alex Bowman this week he's just been he's just been very, very good and consistent. If you take away the the wreck at Darlington, which wasn't really his making, he's finished ninth, fifth, ninth, and then sixth in the all- star race, yeah, but he also finished sixth at the dirt race out of nowhere and eighth at Richmond. So like, Aside from Chase Elliott, you make the argument that Bowman's been the most consistent uh, Hendrick driver in the last several races?
0: Yeah, I guess, but it's like... I mean, you're not getting
1: laps led from him
0: no you're not like uh, it's it's almost like the aj allmendinger treatment that i give every week in the xfinity playbook like the call of cars have not been very fast this week but aj allmendinger is consistently finishing in the top 10 so anytime he's starting outside the top 10 and he's now priced under the 10k range he's almost basically in the alex bowman price tier so anytime like in the xfinity races alex, aj allmendinger is under 10k and i know he's in a call of car and i know he's finished top 10 in every race if he's starting if he's starting outside the top 10 I'm going to play him because I know he can finish in the top 10. I know he is the kind of driver that's capable of leading laps and finishing in the top five. So, of course, I'm going to plug him in the playbook. And looking at Bowman's driver profile, not a ton of Dominator points, but the finishes, especially. He's still
1: putting 50-something points up without Dominator points. They're there. Yeah. So. Consistent. I don't know. Rouse, who's your favorite Hendrick guy this week?
2: Elliot.
1: hard to say no to that. A guy is yeah. flat out dominated.
2: And he's uh, been the most consistent driver all year. Um, from many of them, so he's experienced everything. I just have him as my favorite. Yeah, it's.
1: I mean, so early in the year, like my tone has switched on on Chase, right? Early in the year, he was not dominating. He was just kind of going out there. He was getting you solid finishes, but at the price tag he was at. It did not work very well.
2: I think he had 38 fantasy points since, like, first four races or something like that. Or, like, somewhere around there. Like, first four or five. Yeah. Yeah, like, um, at, at like, a, at 11,000 or 10,000 price tag. And then he's, like, it just finally got going after that.
1: Yeah, then he put up a 69. Nice. At Phoenix. Hey, nice. Uh, 48 at Atlanta. 48 at Coda. Um Then he had a whopping, like, he... He dominated the Martinsville race, didn't wind up winning. He had a nice amount of fastest laps for 69 and 185 laps led. 102. Um, So my only question is, he seems to be very good this year at the shorter tracks. He seems to have struggled at the intermediate tracks to this point to really have good days. And so while the track history suggests that Chase Elliott has been very, very good here, I wonder how much we weight what what he's done this year on intermediates versus what the track history suggests.
2: Yeah, that's true. And, you, and I guess the least of the Hendricks drivers who will probably get the least amount of, um, if it's not Bowman, Byron, may be kind of low-owned this week as well, right? You You have to expect.
1: So that's a good question. Like Byron was fast last week at mm-hmm. at Texas. He was pretty good at Kansas, if I'm not mistaken. Like he's gone out and led more than a hundred laps in a
2: few different races this year. I believe he has the highest DraftKings points total of any race this year, like 134. Byron. Yeah, he led yep.
1: 200. Yeah, he led 212 yep. at um, Martinsville. Yep. Um. <clears throat> I would suspect that Bowman's probably the least owned tender.
2: Yeah, I can see that too. Uh,
0: Yeah, I would agree. I would actually probably say, if I was to rank them in terms of ownership, it's probably going to be Larson, Byron,
2: Elliott, Bowman. So I like my Elliott. All then, I think Elliott would be number one with the price.
1: Well, but like we were just talking about, he struggled at intermediates this year. Like he's been very good at short tracks and road courses. Still chasing. Did he he
0: win? He won Dover, I think. Did he win Dover? Did he win
1: Dover?
0: He won
2: in... over. Oh, yeah. I, mean, yeah, I think yeah, the Duramax yeah Duramax, yep, yep. Duramax was Dover. Yeah, it was the yeah, it was
1: the yeah. Duramax. He did. He won Dover, and looked solid. I mean, not like seventy-three of four hundred laps led. Only had like,
2: only had eighty-one points in that win too. Wow. Well, because he started fourth, So yeah. less less PD, but like
1: all of it, a lot of his good finishes have come at like the less standard tracks.
0: I think the important thing with Byron this week is that no matter what, it always feels like that car shows up with speed. Yes. Um, and if you saw Hendrick Motorsports leak out the the teases for paint schemes this week, they look star-spangled awesome.
1: Yeah. Also, not to mention, you literally had to drive through Hendrick's parking lot to get to Charlotte Motor Speedway. So, yeah. it's <laughs> it's like literally in the shadow of the... Of the grandstands.
0: Not to get off topic again, but it always blows my mind that's like when this is the one of the biggest races of the year and this is a crown jewel, why mm-hmm. don't you have the all-star race in Charlotte the week before? Whereas so it's it just less it well, I agree. Like go back to that. It's less travel for the teams. Yes. Yeah. Most of them are in Charlotte anyway. Right. Also, not to mention that
1: now that they have that open they require all teams to travel so now you're forcing the lower budget teams to travel halfway across the country for a race that they probably don't make anyway and then blow budget on on that but they used to have the all-star race in charlotte the weekend before the cucks so the the teams were home for like two weeks right on the
0: roval i don't
1: care that would be nifty actually I mean, they probably people will probably clamor that they're trying to rig it for Chase. But I mean, he won he won at Bristol <laughs> last year, so it didn't really matter. Like, you know. So we've gone we've gone a pretty long way. Are you playing Ryan Blaney this week? cuz was he in your lineup?
2: A hundred percent.
0: He was in one of my three lineups that helped me break even last week. No, I
1: mean, was he in the one that Ralph just just? Rattled off. I wasn't. Oh, he it? it, 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 the it was.
2: Travel. It was. Yes, was, Blaney, Truex, Bell, okay. Elliott, Keselowski. Blaney is always in my lineup.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, kinda. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Um. Yeah, the dude's just fast. Whether he gets the results or not, he's fast. So you gotta, you gotta assume that
0: at some point he's. He getting... really
2: likes the next gen car, and he's talked about it openly. And he's been fast in it all year long too. So.
0: It's
2: I mean it's he, hard to... he says he does. And he's been it all it's year. It's been bad.
0: Like like let's what if what if the wreck between Chastain, Elliot, and Kyle Bush doesn't happen at the all star race?
2: He was in the top two or three in all stages.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. In second and in I, stage well, one, like,
2: second in stage two. I think stage three he won stage three, right? And then and then won the race to stage the four. Big- I wasn't. I was I wasn't
0: willing to wait out. Well, I wasn't wait, willing to wait out the red flag. But I do remember, like, there was the the crossover where Chastain or Blaney passed Chastain, but then Chastain passed him back with the crossover, and then Blaney seemed to like get a little too high off of turns one and two. Yeah. And he just seemed to lose yeah. pace. With Chastain. You I mean, know,
1: but you're also talking about Texas, where it's impossible to pass.
0: Yeah, it's hard. So like.
1: He had speed. I mean, two, you got to go two, with a car. The you know, only
0: time I've ever yeah. felt great about playing Blaney was when he was on the pole, and that was for Phoenix. And Four for straight Pittsburgh, or whatever it was. He three, led,
2: three straight. Yeah.
0: Where he led over 100 laps in each race, and he still finished top 10. I just really yeah. haven't seen dominator points aside from last week where he, he needed three really good drivers to wreck out.
2: I mean, if you take away the last couple of weeks, because it was his first time, like he, he was on a top 10 streak for a while, uh, you know, 51 points, 64, 63, 73, 96. He was, he's been pretty consistent all year long and he hasn't really quite hit the 10 K a little bit, like just over a few times. I mean,
0: I'll, I'll level with you. $9,100 for a driver of Blaney's
2: capability is a fantastic silly. price yeah, It's yeah, silly. stupid. Yeah. For DFS, for yeah. that's a, a must. I, I'm looking at it right now. I think it's his lowest price of the year. Um,
1: I mean, well, you did have the All-Star
2: Week. race. Well, yeah, we, we don't count the All-Star race, but yeah, no, it is the it is his that lowest price. So, for, no, he was wise Power 400. He was 91. Yeah, Kansas, it was the same price, but
1: yeah, he has been 9100 a couple of times, and
2: and he started. Fair, it hasn't.
1: It has not worked out when he's been
2: 9100. Oh, oh, come on, one time. No, he
1: put up 17 for the Wise Power, and then he put up 31 at Kansas.
2: Oh yeah, Kansas too, 31. Yes, true. Oh, you guys are jinxing him. Stop it, stop jinxing him.
1: I mean, he's still top three in Green Flag speed,
2: and um, he's top three in uh, fantasy points per race as well, all year.
1: I will say that he hasn't say that he hasn't had the best at the Coke 600 in the past. Um, they've been okay, but he's finished. 13th fourth third and 13th in the last four races
2: 9100 if he's finishing
1: third at 9100 bucks then that's fine if he's finishing 13th at 9100 bucks that's not fine
2: i know but we'll see where he qualifies too he's been really good at qualifying this year um which is can i just point out that we're almost 15
0: minutes in and we're still talking amongst the top tier drivers
1: No, that's not no, true. No. We started we, with Todd. We, I
0: know we started with Todd and, <laughs> and Corey I, Lejoy. I did we mention Kozlowski. About... Oh my goodness! <laughs> yep, oh, did mention Um
1: Okay, so we will. <laughs>
2: let's
1: let's. But every move time on. I get
2: on, it's like always an hour long. So let's, okay, let's so
1: here it. here's the thing. What are we doing with Bubba Wallace this week?
0: Nothing. Man, he's been fat. Like the Toyotas have figured it out, and he's had speed at every track. You can make an argument that, and I know there are the Bubba haters haters out there that really right. want to take a dump on his performance at Kansas, but that was not his fault. His he had the most quality passes in the race. <laughs> his pit crew screwed him on two separate occasions, where at the end of the previous stages, he had finished fifth and sixth, and when he came down to pit road, penalties from his pit crew forced him to start at the rear, and he still came back, and he finished 10th. Like, that car is fast. It has speed. The and his problem, price is really
2: nice, too.
0: The problem... Yes. It is very nice. It is arguably the best position. It's our favorite position. Um, but the problem is that, like, Bubba's going out and he's qualifying pretty well at times. Uh, at Dover, he qualified ninth. Like, nobody wants to play Bubba when he's qualifying ninth. You want to play Bubba. I honestly don't even like playing Bubba when he's starting outside, like, the top 20, because I feel like the farther back he starts, the more chalky he is. I like start playing Bubba when he's like between 17th and like 22nd. Because that's the range when nobody wants to play him. But you know like there's speed in the Toyotas. Like 23XI and JGR, you feel like they're working together as like a six-car team at times. And like there's speed in these cars. The Toyotas started slow, but they figured it out. Bubba was incredibly fast at Kansas. I hope that translates to Charlotte, and I hope he doesn't qualify too high too high.
1: Yeah, that's basically that's that's basically my thought. That's why I was
0: asking because like the
1: results haven't necessarily been there
0: but the speed is turning around. Well, I think it's like it's an advantage to the the NASCAR DFS players that are not casuals. Like a lot of casuals will just look at the results and they'll say, "Well, he's kind of all over the place. Like there's there's seven points, there's eight points, there's 20 points, negative 12, 49 points a couple weeks ago." Yeah, you know, But, like, they're not really seeing him hit, like, they're not really seeing, like, a number that really is jumping off the page. So it's, like, I think casual players just pass over Bubba. But if you have eyeballs and you're a NASCAR fan and you're willing to take personal feelings aside, whether you love or hate Bubba, like, there's speed in the car.
2: And the price is really nice.
0: Yes, Ed.
2: No, I mean, like, for real, though. <laughs> it's really nice. that's actually a really good price. That's the joke, Ed. No, but it's really nice. Like, it's a good price for a bike.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He did. He did. Last year, he did start 18th and finish 14th in this race last year in this, you
2: know,
0: 23 XI equipment. So he even said after Kansas, they had a top two car. And it's hard to argue with it when you look at his speed.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he looked good.
0: Yeah.
1: He passed 60. So quality passes, for those that are not aware, is passing anybody in the top 15 on the track under green flag conditions. He did that 60 times at Kansas. Led the field in that. That means that car was fast. He was passing the fastest guys on the track. He was doing it without any pit strategy. Wasn't doing it under caution. That car was fast. If they come with that same setup, it could be a very good day for Bubba Wallace.
2: So... I'll tell you what, since we're getting low on time, I'm going to do like a quick thing. I'm going to say some names that I'm kind of on and see what other, what other people will kind of be on and you guys kind of tell me in like one sentence oh if God, you're on Eric him this Amarola. week or not. That's who I was going to say first. Oh, I'm sorry. Dan, I'll give it to you. He's Eric right Dan, what do you think? I mean, I'm going to play
0: Almarola if he's if he's starting at a pretty decent spot. It's, only, it's almost like my feelings on Bubba Wallace, but this is also a guy that should probably be a... He should be in the low seven k to mid seven k. He should not be in the mid six k. Underpriced. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's
1: that's where he's been for three out of the last four weeks. By the way, is between yeah, 72 he's between seventy two and
0: seventy five. It's not a short flat track, but damn it, at this price tag, this is a driver that can finish in the top fifteen. Uh, damn. I like yeah. I, yeah. Like, what's not to love about this? Like, you he could, was.
2: You could replace Keslowski with him. You could. Probably re- leverage. That's a, probably I'm a
1: feeling true. a little better about that move.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> matter of fact, but, I'm doing that right now. Um, but then again, I
1: have a personal <laughs> vendetta against Brad Kislowski when he decided to use Ty Dillon as a brake at coda. It yes. cost me like
2: $4,000. Uh, <laughs>
1: do
0: we know what the setup is for Ryan Priest this week? Is that an SHR car or is that going to be Rick Ware? I think it's Rick Ware. The tweets that I've seen, he's running all three races
1: in Rick Ware equipment, as far as I'm aware.
2: Oh, hell
1: no. That's, I mean, uh, but
2: uh, I don't know, man. I don't
1: know what to do with Ryan Priest.
2: You, you don't play him. That's what you do. I think he's running end? every
0: race this weekend at Charlotte. <laughs> well, I think really? He's running Truck, Xfinity, yes, and Cup. He is. He's I,
1: guess. Running, I saw a tweet about it that he's running
0: all three, and I'm pretty sure it's all in Rick Ware. That's called practice, Matt.
1: Yeah, but it's also called
0: crappy. <laughs> You, hey, you think, it's he's, also just so worn out? You
1: think he's so equipment.
0: worn out at the end of it all where he's just like 600 laps around this? Right, bitch. That's I my this. other... <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: my... I mean, he gets a whole Sunday to rest, though, because he doesn't start until like 6 Eastern.
2: And I hope he sleeps in. <laughs> but
1: then again, practice and qualifying for Cup isn't until Saturday evening.
2: Oh, he's going to be so tired.
1: Practice is at like 6 Eastern and qualifying is after that. And then the race This is after
2: he runs
0: the Xfinity race. Yeah. Yes. Oh god, nope. They gotta run. They have to do practice and qualifying before the Xfinity race for Cup. Like get that extra rubber down on the track. Yeah, I mean I agree. It's also
1: gonna screw up my content schedule because qualifying's not until like literally six forty-five Eastern or seven forty-five Eastern, something like that. I don't know. They qualify like an hour after the race is gonna start on Sunday. <clears throat> so like.
2: I don't even know what to do with temps and track conditions.
0: Mm, the price is jumping on Harrison Burton. Awfully tough to play.
2: All right, Matt sells what everybody wants to know okay. this week. Will Eric Jones be in the playbook? <laughs> <laughs> why
1: not? You guys like to hammer me for this, but like the dude just keeps just keeps, you know, going about his business. I mean, like why wouldn't he be? Okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, yes, the last <laughs> couple of races have not been good. Sure, but I would contend that they were circumstances like out of his control, right? It's not that the car was crap. It was good years biting him. Um, I mean, if we believe that tires have something to do with performance, he had a very good run at Auto Club. Yes, different track, but same tires. Um, I don't know I mean if he looks like crap at practice Then I reserve the right not to put him in the playbook
0: <laughs> Why don't we just Resign ourselves to the fact that We can probably Wait until practice And qualifying And if it looks like Eric Jones is going to be a great play You fade him If he looks like he's going to be a terrible play You play him
2: love that answer that's the perfect answer right there. because
0: that's when eric jones comes through. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's like when, when, and, when he looks like a
2: dog crap play
0: yep yep same thing there with Brad go. kieslowski
2: yep i'm looking forward uh, to that i kieslowski.
0: might be on the uh, i might be back on the justin haley bandwagon this week <laughs> oh jesus
2: we got to end this thing let's not go into justin <laughs> haley please yeah i I'll I'll oh, oh my goodness all
0: racing equipment at 6300 oh my goodness jesus
2: kurt Kurt bush we playing it right now
1: probably kurt bush why not he's trying to rack up his bank accounts after the prenup right is that what
2: is is that what's happening here
0: he did. He was ridiculously good
2: at Kansas. It,
0: him being in my $50 single entry line was the only reason I turned a profit. And He, he was points, um, one. phenomenal. 7100 and he completely crushed it.
1: He was good at Auto Club.
0: He was like <laughs> Darlington. He should have done better. <clears throat> but The Toyotas have speed. It's a yeah. six-man team. Yep. It's a six-car team. Basically. Yeah. I mean, Vegas, oh, he was good, too. Like, they're sharing information. He was...
1: Oh, I'm sure. You've got one team owner who drives for the other team. <laughs> yes!
2: <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> um.
1: Yeah, I mean, Kurt was also good at Vegas,
0: so, like... Yeah. Which is weird, because I remember on previous Vegas podcasts, we would always say, fade Kurt Bush because he's... <laughs> yeah,
1: but then he won <laughs> it, and then you can't fade Kurt... Like, the year I told you to fade <laughs> Kurt Bush Funny. won it. That's when I stopped telling you to fade people. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll probably play some Kurt Busch.
2: I, mean, um, I got one are. more question. One more question, okay. then, we'll, then we'll call it. Will Ricky Stenhouse Jr. crash out of this race? No. No?
0: No. Does he tend to finish the Coca-Cola 600?
2: <laughs> Does he tend to finish a lot of races? I mean, have there. you seen what he yeah. did? He
0: finished second
1: at Dover, eighth at Darlington, and eighth at Kansas.
0: Okay.
2: It was his caution that caused Blenny to take down his net, by the way, the all-star race.
1: And, yeah, by the way, the last five races in the Coke 600, 10th, 5th, 25th, 4th, and 12th. Mm. So, yes.
2: There you go. Maybe not
0: you a, not a, a gem. bad play at 7,400, when a lot of people will likely go straight down to, like, Kozlowski and El- El- in the mid 6 K. Like, they will gloss over Ricky Stenhouse at 7,400. And in three
1: of those, he started 13th, finished 10th. He started 9th, finished 5th. He started 24th and finished 4th.
0: And yeah, I also think is. this is a good time to serve a firm reminder. It's like we don't know what to expect. with. The, well, we probably have an idea of what to expect from the tires. Some of the we,
1: tires are going to blow. There's
0: a guarantee. We just don't know who they're going to hit.
1: Don't know who it's going to be. Yeah. And God, if it's Kyle Busch and he parks it on pit lane again,
0: (laughs) I'm going to lose my mind. Somebody else can come get this. So why
1: is Kyle allowed to park it on pit road and his teammate doesn't complain? And then another guy kind of sort of gets his window net up and Kyle Busch's teammate complains.
0: Because Kyle Busch's teammate was trying to win the race.
1: Yeah, well, Kyle Busch's teammate is. (sighs) kind of Also, you know what was a hilarious thread on Twitter real quick? Cole Custer's sponsor for this week. Oh no! I'm not sure I can actually say it on the podcast.
0: Oh, oh, know. it's
1: the whiskey, right? Yes. It's chicken something. Chicken right? rooster, but not rooster. Yeah. Um,
2: whiskey. And well, so. It's, it's the name of a brand. We can say that, right?
1: Well, I mean, it is the name of a brand, but I'm <laughs> I'm gonna let that go. Uh, so there was a fun thread about who you would rather see. I was actually that.
0: surprised because I saw the paint scheme and I was like, this looks like something Matt Nascar Chasm would cook up. But then it's the legitimate
1: It's the legitimate paint scheme. And so it like just, it just It's gonna be
0: on, it, on network television too. On it Fox. says it on in four letters over the right rear tire. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <Fox>. <laughs> and
1: so somebody was like I'd much rather have Kyle Bush in this paint scheme. I'm like, I'd rather have Joey Logano. <laughs>
0: hey <laughs>
1: Somebody was like, "Can't we just run them both? Like, can we just (laughs) can they just split the scheme?"
0: Remember when there was that one truck race where where like fourteen drivers had a Camping World truck scheme?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was awesome. (laughs) Marcus Lemonis, man, that guy's awesome.
0: All right, well, I think we've gone off the rails, but I also think we've somehow touched on every single driver in the field. No, we did
2: mention Joey Legato, finally, so we're good. Yeah,
0: we there Um... are several
2: others
1: we haven't mentioned.
2: (laughs)
0: Pay attention to the playbook. There will be one this week. I know there was somebody on Twitter giving Matt crap last week. Yeah, they also,
1: by the way, tagged a uh, Twitter handle that hasn't been used in three years. (laughs)
0: Um, Yeah, there will be a a, a cut playbook this week. Uh, We'll be in the Discord pretty much all day answering questions, Uh, pretty much from uh, until the lights are out for F1. Through the Indy 500, yeah, all the way up to the Coca-Cola 600, uh, I will be very inebriated that day, but I'll be in the Discord. Yeah, so
2: I'll be jumping in too. I'll be having some fun. Oh, the Why not? It's a big there race. There
1: won't day. be DFS content for the Indy 500, but there will be betting content on Pixwise.
0: Is there any DFS contest for the Indy 500? No. No, right. obviously. Yeah, just just throw out that betting content.
1: No, I'm just like we talked about the triple header. I'm just saying the F1 race will have DFS content. Cup race will have DFS content. Indy will just have betting, and the other two will also have betting. So, And I swear to God, if I hit an all-day parlay, it's going to be phenomenal.
0: I will drive to Tennessee just so I can play this parlay.
1: I am very tempted to bet on Jimmy Johnson.
0: He's all over the place. Like, I've heard, uh, I haven't seen any practice sessions or anything. Oh, he's been fast. He's been on Jimmy Fallon this week. Like, there's a lot of, uh, I understand. He's been fast. Doesn't need to just be fast this week to be on Jimmy Fallon, but, like, I've heard great things about his practice bees this week. Like, he's crushing it. He's also
1: coming off of a hand surgery, so that's impressive. Um, His teammate set the second fastest qualifying time ever for the Indy 500 Scott Dixon, for the fifth time he's going to be on pole. Jimmy Johnson will be, like, I think starting eighth. But put up a ridiculously fast, like, one of his practice laps was, like, the eighth fastest practice lap of all time at, Indy 500, at in Indianapolis. It was insane. Uh, 239 miles an hour or something <laughs> around there. So,
0: um,
1: yeah, kind of tempted to bet on him. It's only, right. like, 16 to 1. That's not that bad.
0: Well, a lot of nonsense this week. I do apologize, but at the same time, I don't apologize. We always enjoy when... Ed yeah, Ralph, thanks for bringing it yeah, Ed, Ed sometimes always helps us get off track. <laughs>
2: I'm good at it. I don't oh, know if that's a compliment I, or I not. I put money on Hamilton while we were doing this podcast, too, because of what you guys said earlier in the thing, so... I'm on board. Plus 1600. Not a
1: terrible. It's not a terrible. Like Ferrari and and Red Bull have both had reliability. No,
0: you want to get your bets in for F1 before qualifying.
1: Right, because if so Hamilton doing shows right up and lands on the pole, I guarantee you he's going to be negative money by the time qualifying. Yeah, it. exactly.
2: Thanks for having me, guys. It's been fun. I'm glad to be back, and you guys have really helped me win some money this year. I won 500. $50 here, $8 here, 500 and some like I'm way plus so it's been great. Thank you guys. Excellent. At least one of us is uh, hey. not, a, not an man. F1 though. I'm still trying to figure that out. But
0: me too. I break even almost every week. If you I want, break even on F1, NASCAR, the want like... tips on how to not lose money and how to not make money. <laughs> just ask for my lineups. Uh, but Matt, manager guy. Best of luck to you guys And best of luck to the FA Nation For you the too. Coca-Cola 600
1: Best of luck, FA Nation